there, I'm Jolyn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Mike Pisani, Director of Financial Planning here at Focus Wealth. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jolyn. How are you? I'm good, thank you. All right, Mike, you get both questions this week because Phil is on vacation. Our first question is from Ralph in New York. What are the long-term effects of all the stimulus we are receiving? So I think that one of the major impacts of the stimulus and the fact that basically over 50% of the currency that's ever been created in the history of the United States has been created in the last 15 months in response to COVID has been this inflationary environment that we are currently in. And it's going to have a lot of different ramifications back and forth long term. Um, so this stimulus, it's creation of currency, basically. And it's much different than in the financial crisis when the Federal Reserve and the government were bailing the banks out, trying to recapitalize the financial system. These are direct checks that are actually going to people's bank accounts, and we are encouraging them to spend money. And if you look in the most recent GDP report for the second quarter, about half of the GDP growth that we saw in this country was due to stimulus effects that actually created a more positive macro environment for the actual economy. So the first thing that's going to happen is M1 and M2 money supply are going to shoot up, and that's definitely inflationary. The second consideration, which is a little bit tricky, is also inflationary because there are you're having a hard time filling jobs and getting people back into the workforce. And we're actually seeing that the most recent jobs report. So I'll add over 900,000 jobs. But the labor market's recovery has been much slower than what you would expect. And some of that is due to the fact of the Delta variant slowing down some openings and there being some bumps in the road in terms of the economy getting back full steam. But immediately, it's going to be an inflationary type of aspect whenever you print this amount of money. Long term, I actually think it's deflationary, which is kind of counterintuitive because over the course of time, as you expand the amount of debt that's outstanding and you grow the monetary base in this type of aspect, yeah, it's inflationary right away. But sooner or later... And a, a lot of really high level thought has gone into this recently where, you know, a lot of people think that this burgeoning amount of debt is going to cripple us long term. I wouldn't say that. But at the same time, ultimately, it's inflationary and then deflationary because you have to figure out how to service the debt and you can't continue to spend money like this forever. So when they pull back on the reins, then it's deflationary. So enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> but long term, um, it is going to force us back into some type of a deflationary spiral if we have too much debt outstanding, if the debt actually just suffocates you. Okay, our next question is from Dan in Florida. How do you see the markets reacting if the Fed starts tapering in September? Are you sure you don't want to answer this one? No, you got this. <laughs> so the best way to answer this is to kind of look in a historical context about what has happened in the past around different Fed tapering cycles. And the answer largely isn't all that positive. The market doesn't necessarily fall when the Fed begins to taper. There have been some taper tantrums in the past 
that have also occurred around the August, September time period uh, around the Jackson Hole meeting, which we actually have in a couple of weeks. So the timing is actually very coincidental that we're in the August and September time period talking about tapering where seasonality does get a little bit suspect. But the taper really has a lot to do with liquidity in the financial system. And the fact that the Federal Reserve is probably going to start tapering soon, it, that also aligns with the employment markets and the labor markets. As you start to see jobs recover, because the Fed's mandate is to look at the labor market and try to provide as much stimulus as it can to the economy to promote full employment, as the labor market recovers, the Fed is going to have almost no choice but to start slowing its bond purchase program. And in past periods, when they did this, the market didn't necessarily go down, but it gives uh, it creates a more susceptible ev- environment for the market to have some more substantial drawdowns where we really haven't had more than a 5% correction since the election. So if the Fed starts to slow its bond purchase program and its balance sheet doesn't continue to expand at the same rate that it has been previously, then we're going to be in a situation where liquidity is not going to be as strong as it has been over the course of the last 12 to 18 months. And it creates more of a downward pocket, especially if the rate of change of growth starts to slow, which is exactly what we're seeing, which is unique because the Fed continues to have this precarious timing where they slow their bond purchase program at exactly the same time that the rate of change of growth starts to slow down. But it's not necessarily a negative type of event, but it's one of these situations where I think you have to be a little bit more cautious because it probably means that the next 18 months are not going to be as good as the last 18 months just because there's less stimulus hitting the system from uh, financial liquidity. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike, for answering both of this week's questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, please email us at jmccarthy at focuswealthmgmt.com. Stay safe and we will see you next week.